Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Okay, you guys, welcome to episode whatever this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McGeady. And this episode is like, I can't believe it hasn't already happened. The fact that it is happening is like, it's a milestone. And I know that I've been saying that every week, but like, it really is a milestone today. This really means a lot to me. And I'm joined by a very special guest, my friend, Jesse Champ. Is it Chambliss? It's Chambliss. I know it's French, but I'm so whitewashed. It's just Chambliss. Is it Chambliss? Yeah, yeah, that's how it really is. <gasps> my friend Jesse is here. Jesse, how are you? Oh my gosh, Troy, I am just thriving today. Thriving. Thriving is a good place to be. First of all, I, you and I became friends because I discovered you through the Tickety Talk. <laughs> that is correct, yes. And your TikToks, I mean, truly, like, actually, my friend sent me one of your TikToks. And mm. immediately I scrolled through every single one of them. I'm not kidding. They're so funny. And you specialize in female pop star soft choreo, I would say is like your mainstay, right? That is that is specifically correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how did you like get into TikTok and how did you start using it? Um, I am a stereotype of a millennial who was just like really sad and alone last year at the start of this pandemic that has been horribly mismanaged. Um, and so I got on TikTok and I'd been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it before that. And so I scrolled and I lurked for about a month and then I was like, I'm just going to make some. And you know how people are like, and then I went viral. That did not happen for me. It was like months of blood, sweat and tears, but then I was too invested. And then I had one video that did really well. And then they like, there were a few more that did well. And like, I have plenty of videos that still tank. Um, but I just really enjoy it now so much that I, that I just post what I feel. And I, yeah, I look at soft choreo, which is just people who, uh, you know, choreography from the early aughts when they didn't need to be dancing or they just didn't like hit the way that they needed to hit. And it's not serious. It's just very lighthearted. Um, and so it's, it's a good time. Yeah. I want, I want. I want, I want. <laughs> that was my Hillary Duff for you. Could you tell? I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> Maybe you could be tough. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm doing the move. <laughs> but no, that's the greatest thing about TikTok, though, is like, like at any moment, any person could have a TikTok do really well or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And just because you have one that doesn't, that does well, doesn't mean they all will or just because you have a million that don't do well doesn't mean that they always will. It's like, it's a very fair um, social media platform in that sense. Yep. If you want to be humbled, make a TikTok and post some videos. Right. <laughs> yeah, real quick. Um, well, you guys have already read the episode description. You know what we're doing today. You've, you've already turned this up as loud as it will go in your ears. And I'm proud of you for that. Um, <laughs> we are talking about Ashley Simpson's debut album autobiography today and again this is a milestone like I know that you've you recently discovered my podcast but what you will find in your 
listening of the old episodes is that I am a Ashley stan. I mean, I've I told you this via our DMs. Like, it's like it's sick. The people listening know, but it's honestly yeah. sick. <laughs> I love how you, you you describe it as sick. It's a sickness. I'm infected by Ashley Simpson. <laughs> I've got the bug, baby. Um, <laughs> tell me your relationship with Ashley and the Ashley Simpson show. I mean, I was an early adopter. Um, I was I was into Ashley from the start. Um, I obviously like loving the pop queens that I loved. I had a, a pre-existing relationship with Jessica. Um, I am not of the opinion that siblings should just be dismissed in the industry um, unless they just don't have anything to offer, right? Mm-hmm. And Ashley was like just angsty and distraught enough and, and just like just such a contrast that I was like this is interesting uh, you know and I was in middle school so I was like <laughs> I was down for whatever and <laughs> right. I liked pieces of me and you know I was like this fits what I'm feeling right now and I like Hillary Duff's rock side and I love Avril and so this was this was a nice like little peg to fit into my my square hole I don't know why I said that <laughs> No, I, I get what you mean, though. And I, I, I mean, I've said this a billion times, but and I'm going to be repeating a million things that I've said a billion times today, just so everybody knows. Um, but I think that Ashley, when she hit, was like, she like you said, she fit really perfectly into this market that already existed of like mm-hmm. the pop girls exploring their like punk or punk pop or rock vibes or whatever you want to call it. But Ashley was different in the fact that nobody was specifically SoCal where everybody else was like hot topic or whatever. I always say she was Paxon. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually really mean that. Perfect. I love it. That is so spot on. Like I'm going to go buy this shirt there, this one-off shirt, but I'm going to like it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wasn't like Avril's pink extensions and like Hello Kitty, you know, uh, sweatband. And she Trout. was... you know what I mean she was like more of a like a cargo shorts like etnies kind of gal you know which is very specific yeah you know that she had a pair of Heelys at one point and she around for sure she fully Heely through the Mall of America I don't know why specifically there but I just picture her Heelying around the Mall of America from all her time in Minnesota you know what I mean (laughs) it's where all the pop stars of the of yesteryear had to hang out um so were you uh were you a Ashley Simpson show newlyweds fan too like both shows um no I I didn't watch newlyweds a ton to be honest with you um I just loved Jessica from the start so I didn't need newlyweds to be my introduction (laughs) right Uh, but with Ashley I did watch the show because it just it was really fascinating to me. Um, I think because it was a very specific moment in time, like post newlyweds madness, um, where this like new wave of, of girlies were coming in. And also, uh, you know, the Ryan Cabrera love thing was fascinating to me. This was just, it was a really specific um, time that I think just worked for me, even though I'm not a huge reality TV stan, but it worked. I agree. I also feel like that was very necessary. Like she was necessary in that space too, because yeah. Jessica had kind of created this whole, like, it's really fun to be dumb kind of thing. And like, you know, where it started off harmless, but then eventually turned into like this really weird 
time for women where it was like no like you kind of have to be dumb like you don't really have another option you have to be just you know it was in i don't know it's so it's a it's a very loaded conversation but ashley came along and it was like she just was like the other white me you know what i mean it was like oh okay so now she's like angsty she's you know very sort of like honest and tell it like it is and she's like writing these songs about her family and like you know at jessica would never do that and it's not to like you know, denounce anything that Jessica does or has done, but like, it's just so, um, it was just at the time, even though right now it, it feels kind of silly, but at the time it was like pretty revolutionary because uh, it was a very vapid time in pop culture. Yeah, and everything was so calculated. There was no social media. So for her to come out and say like, I'm also going to have my show, but it's simply to differentiate myself from my sister was like marketing genius for the time too. Their, their dad, you can say what you want about him, but he knows how to, you know, exploit his daughters for money. <laughs> <laughs> no, like that's the best way to put it. He's like really, he was a fucking machine. Like he was a genius. Have you read Jessica's memoir? Yeah, I actually just finished listening to it on Audible. So she, she discusses it, you know, in, in a very gentle way, but she's pretty honest in it about her dad and the role that he played in their family and their careers and everything. And I thought it was, I thought it was nice. It gave me some closure. I don't have closure about him as a person, but I do have closure about him as their manager. I agree with that. I have many, many more questions for sure. So many. Um, so many questions, but for sure. <laughs> For like 50, 19 year old, like white twinks that can answer those questions for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, tell me, <laughs> tell me about your relationship specifically to this album. Like, yeah. what did it mean to you as a young person? I mean, if you've ever seen a cartoon where everything's exaggerated and like you do something too much and so it starts like smoking, that was me listening to the CD, my little portable CD player. <sighs> that was the answer um, I wanted. That I listened to it so I know every word still like it's just ingrained into my mind and I remember specifically my dad and I I'm from I'm from like rural Arkansas I don't remember where my dad and I were driving but we were like taking not like a vacation but we had to do a like a trip somewhere for something probably for his work or something because he did construction so sometimes he would have to drive to different jobs and we stopped at this like Walmart in the middle of nowhere and it was in the little like CD bin. And I was like, I have to have this dad. <laughs> so Daddy, please. <clears throat> please. Um, Cause you know, it was with CDs, you couldn't just get them immediately. Right. You had to wait, go to the store to get them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was like, please, this is a new CD. Like I have to have it. And so he bought it for me and he, we didn't have like a CD player in his truck. And so I just had my portable CD player and I just put my headphones in and I just like listened to it on repeat. And he was like, do you want to like listen to anything else? I was like, nope. Never again, actually. Thanks. Never again. And so, yeah, from that point forward, I listened to it until I was tired of it. And I don't know, that was however many years ago and I'm still listening to it. So. Yeah. The, the re-listenability, if you will, of this album is like, is un- First of all, there are no skips, like, whatsoever. There's not a single moment of being like, oh, I can't bear this song. Like, I, you've won? Oh, wait, don't tell me yet. Don't tell I, me. I, I, oh, I'm I, so excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, Khan? 
but the rest, yes, but no, there's one. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, I guess, kind of like starting to get into it, like, like you said earlier, like, to me, in my mind, this album is the manifestation of Joe, like, at his peak of managing, because this album, <laughs> first of all, came out, the pieces of me came out, like, right before summer, so it was, like, going to be the song of the summer, and then the album came out at the very start of summer, so it was, like, you know, this album was obviously going to be huge because they had the backing of the MTV show. At the time, their family was, I mean, they were the Kardashians. And it was like, inevitably, even if this album isn't good, it's going to sell at least. And they knew that. And mm-hmm. they forced it to be not only the song of the summer, but the album of the summer. Like, that's iconic. Yeah, uh, 1000% agree with you. And, you know, everybody even if you didn't know anything else about her like you knew pieces of me you heard it everywhere because the radio controlled what we listened to like Mm -hmm. you know and so we knew it yeah for sure you knew pieces of me it was in your head all the time it was always playing it had so much radio airplay and it was one of those songs uh, that like I wrote on my notes that it it existed perfectly like as an MTV and a VH1 song (laughs) <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. VH1 does the more like adult contemporary or like rock stuff that's like a little bit outside of the teen MTV. Yeah, it had crossover appeal, if you will. Right. Um, and it just had a real, I wrote in my notes that it had a real sort of like distinctive scream sing quality. Like <laughs> to me, this album is like driving around in the car with my friends in like shitty, unsafe cars and scream singing this fucking album like yeah throat hurting just like hers probably did because <laughs> her to sing this song and it's a hard song to sing right and we're all like trying to like squeak our voices and make them sound like raspy and unique yeah <laughs> i'm like oh. i'm she has to do the oh you can see her she's like oh crap ah, you know what i mean every time um well let's start with the album's title track autobiography yeah I mean this stand out for me um I thought that since this was used in the show I thought that this should have been a single I thought it was weird that it wasn't a single you know what I mean even Mm -hmm. if it was like single that you don't put as much money behind or something like that like if you watch the show you knew this song so um I think it's I think it's a great song. I love this song. I love that when I hear like that, like the very, yeah, mm-hmm. it's over. Like you can consider me cooked and basted. It's over. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like I'm going to listen to the whole album if I hear those those guitar plucks. Yep. Um, and I also think autobiography is like, yeah, it's crazy that it wasn't a single because it's such a representation of the theme of the album of what all the songs are going to sound like um it's like it's sort of like punchy and it's poppy but it's rocky like I just said poppy punchy and rocky too much uh (laughs) but no it's uh it it just is such a representation of what the whole album is going to sound like Mm -hmm. and yeah actually it's wild that this wasn't a single actually Right. I didn't, I didn't really conceptualize that until I started thinking about this podcast. Cause I always listened to it and I was like, this is a great song. But then, you know, upon revisit, I was, I, I'm just really shocked as to why it's not. 
Yeah, and what I will say to you is that one of my favorite things about Ashley Simpson is her voice squeaks. Um, I'm infamous for trying to mm. recreate a Ashley voice squeak here on my own in my apartment by myself. Yeah, infamous, yeah. <laughs> my neighbors will tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> this song has one of the best, the breakdown after she's like, does the whole thing and then she squeaks. It is, I wrote top five squeaks. It's not the best squeak, but it's top five. Wait, are we going to discuss your favorite squeak? Yes. Okay, okay. I just want, I just wanted to make sure. And I'm trying, I'm prepping you for my TikTok, which is me just exploring um, pop girls' voice squeaks. Oh, I like, I'm subscribed already. I've pre saved that. <laughs> it's already in your favorites. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the other thing, too, that I think that she doesn't get enough credit for is that she wrote on this album, too. You know what I mean? And obviously like documented in the show, but if you were just a consumer of the music or even just have only heard one song by her, I think it's important to note that she did write it. And of course, like Cara Diaguardi was involved in this because she was like the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it drives, honestly, like it drives me insane how much people discredit Ashley's entire, all of the achievements that she had during that time, which were like monumental and just her as an artist in general, because of what happened to her, um, because she had a mishap on a show, like it denounces every single thing about what she did is just so crazy to me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a bold statement and I've said it before and I will say it again. Okay. I think that even though they're obviously not the same person, they're not, you know, they're not the same gal, but like, the marketability of a pop girl like writing all of her songs and like documenting her relationships in song <laughs> publicly and having the the listener be able to know which songs are about which guys she's talking about is very Taylor pre-Taylor. Yeah, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that in this industry, it's all about timing, right? And it's all about like learning from the mistakes of your, you know, your predecessors. And Taylor had so many examples of pop that went right and pop rock that went right and indie that went right in country so that she could, you know, I, Taylor was, is probably like, like when she was younger, like sucking an inhaler and like writing down all these notes, like, this is how I'm going to be famous. And she like Frankensteined her career. You know what I mean? Because yes. she's like calculated in that. And Ashley's a perfect example. I don't think that's controversial. Well, thank you, sir. And it's also obviously we just have to say it's obviously not lost on either of us that this was the theme song of the show. And there was a quality about this song specifically that I remember um, when the album came out, like this was, even though it wasn't a single, this was one of the songs that people were the most excited to like finally be able to hear because we had all been singing it in the opening of the show. So to have like the whole song, it was like, oh my God, the song. That was absolutely my experience with it. (laughs) <laughs> this is the song where she's throwing the bowling ball and then her, her scribbles go across the screen. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, let's move on to Pieces of Me. You guys may have heard of it. <laughs> where do you even begin? I mean, this is, this is the song. This launched her into superstardom. This was also the downfall of her whole career. Like, it's just... This song is so loaded. How does she even perform it right like yeah I don't even know 
It's wild. It's easily, I would say, hands down, one of, especially if you remove the the SNL from the whole narrative and like you just look at it from the perspective of like how successful it was, one of the best pop songs I think ever written. Like just, it's just so fucking catchy. It's got so much like, it, it, it like it's one of those songs that by the end of the song you're singing it even if it's the first time you've ever heard it it's like one of those pop songs mm-hmm. and i thought it was kind of a travesty that it peaked at number five this should have been like a, a number one hit you know what i mean i wish i would have looked to see what songs blocked her from you know charting higher than that i mean five's great like that's right. that's an awesome thing to do but i mean this is this is a song that people know like still you know what I mean like when this song comes on you're like I'm Monday you know what I mean (laughs) yeah even younger people who like didn't watch this show they know pieces of me everybody knows this song yeah Reese's pieces of me (laughs) it also always makes me think of do you remember like the mad tv parody of this song one thousand percent and like as much as I I hate that like she got so much shit like some of the mad tv was really funny it so really good on a tuesday i'm hungry by wednesday i'm sleepy and she was always like <laughs> doing that hand thing with her hands that like alternative girls do like mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true ashley's stage presence is real weird like love her but it's real weird she's always like bouncing <laughs> Doing this with her. Yeah. Well, because she's a sexy girl in this complex world. That's why she's doing that. Now, girl, you want to get with me? <laughs> I, um, let's move on to the song. I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on Shadow. Okay. So, Shadow gave me so many mixed messages because in the first verse, she's like, getting she's appealing right she's trying to get you on her side and then she's like but don't feel sorry for me I'm like that is exactly what you want us to feel Mm -hmm. you want us to sorry for you because you've you've been overshadowed but you also want us to like respect you in your own right and so I was always just kind of like which is it and you know I feel like Jessica was very coy about this like she like I know that that it was discussed right like she had to talk about this because it was literally like I'm in the shadow of my sister Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to know if she was like secretly pissed you know what I mean I've always thought about that like what it really felt like for her to listen to this song for the first time because actually the first thing that I wrote in my notes about this song was that like you know it it was such a flag in the ground moment for her because she was showing the world that like as beautiful and talented as my sister is like she's incapable of being as vulnerable as me because I'm the black sheep and everybody knows that the black sheep sibling is always the most like rebellious you know what I mean like that's like the superpower of being the weird sibling it's like you can you can basically out all of your family's bullshit and you're the one that like you know you tell it like it is Mm -hmm. and Jessica was never Jessica never came from that world of being like you know, show the world who you really are. Because that was never Papa Joe's whole gig. Like, oh. that, you know, that was not, that wasn't what they did. You know, like, they weren't an honest family. They were very, like, everything is fine, you know? Yeah. 
she was a showgirl. Like Jessica was really, truly a pageant type of princess girl. And that wasn't fully her experience, as you know, from like listening to the memoir, Mm -hmm. but um, it was what was projected as her image. And so it almost paved the way for Ashley to do whatever the hell she wanted to do. You know what I mean? Because if she tried to fit into the mold of Jessica, she would constantly be compared to her, not Mm -hmm. be able up to it and so the hair even just like dyeing her hair it was all so smart Mm -hmm. it was really even though I'm pissed about the mixed messages still and I want the truth of shadow (laughs) I still song and I think it was genius yeah you're right the dyeing of the hair I mean I've it's so I've come back to this so many times I talked about it with Mandy Moore I talked about it with Brittany I've talked about it with Christina I think I've talked about it with Jessica um the dying of the hair like that is not a thing anymore because nobody gives a fuck anymore what you do but back then being a blonde pop girl to dye your hair black was like such a big deal such a big deal it was like oh started public meltdown yes yes Like, she's a bad girl now whoa just descend from the ceiling and everybody starts spinning around on him because she dyed her hair brown. <laughs> She's rock and roll now. Um, and I also, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, we can't talk about this song and not talk about the fact that like when it came out, you know, it's just, it's a weird thing to re-examine a song like this that like we have, it exists now and like, in pop culture is sort of a joke you know but this is a song that like a teenage girl wrote about the trauma of her family and like basically being ignored because her sister was a meal ticket and it's wild like it's wild that like we were all like we all thought it was so funny and we were like kind of laughing at her for writing it and it's such an honest vulnerable song and it's 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 such an incredible I don't know. It's just, it's so incredibly uh, deep for a teenager. She's a kid. Yeah. And I mean, and just the fact that like Kara was involved in the songwriting, like she has the talent of like pulling any sort of like real life pain experience from, Mm -hmm. you know, sheltered, you know, Disney stars or whatever that don't know how to write music because they don't have any like life experience to pull from yet. Um, So I feel like, you know, I don't know anything about the writing process with her. I haven't read into that, but I feel like it was probably kind of like easy, like magic, because Ashley was like, this is what I'm feeling. And this is exactly my experience. And it was probably like, okay, like I can work with that. You know what I mean? Like we can guide your, guide your lyrics here. I, I yeah. just imagine. No, yeah, I think you're right. And I, I mean, I, I had to read a lot about her, uh, her, the recording process for this album when I did whatever Ashley Simpson episode I did forever ago. And mm-hmm. I remember them talking a lot about just like her intense creative involvement and how they were all sort of like, you know, that all of these guys had an idea of what this album was going to be. And it was that they were going to make like a Hillary Duff rock album. And mm-hmm. that's why she was so adamant on being like, no, you guys don't understand. Like I'm not Hillary Duff. Like <laughs> I, I really do want to go in there and like write music and make an album. I don't want like, you know, 
a, a Hello Kitty album, if that's cool. Like, no shade, but like, I really want to make like an actual album or whatever. My Tony with a mohawk album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my fingerless gloves album. <laughs> um, I have some controversial opinions that are about to come up right now. I fucking hate Lala. It's so dumb. I love it though. I do, but it's dumb. It's so stupid. Wait, why do you think it's dumb? <laughs> okay, but if you hate it, are you skipping it though, Troy? You said there's no skips. Oh, oh did I just call your ass out? All, All right. right. Yeah, yeah, you did. All right. Okay. I'm retiring from podcasting. You're welcome. You skip Lala? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> so I need to I need to know your thoughts here. Spill. I just it's been my least favorite song since it came out. Um, I, I've never, I've never like joy. I don't, I don't know if I've ever had a truly joyous moment of listening to it the whole way through and been like, God, I want to listen to it again. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like I, in my mind, like it, it, when I was younger, I thought it was like too try hard or something. Um, and I also thought there were so many other better songs like so many other singles, I don't, potential yeah, I, singles. Why it was a single, like zero. It is, that's probably why I've, I've had resentment towards it because I just don't get why it was released. Yeah, um, I think my favorite thing about this song, um, other than just the ridiculous things I'm sure she had to do in the studio for it that you can never recreate, um, is the fact that she says aeroplane why why are you meeting this person on an aeroplane or in the back of a bus like just go to a cafe oh my god i've never really realized that i i also sing it as aeroplane me too how could you not because like she adds a whole syllable in there so if you sang it as airplane then you're going to be offbeat oh my god that's so oh my god yeah it's just it's so it's just full cringe for me like the whole thing is just cringe turned up to a thousand I just can't uh I can't bear it and then I also never understood either like a girl um suffering from acid reflux who like is supposed to like protect her voice or whatever releases the most like straining scream singy like whiny song that's ever existed in music history the live performances don't help her. Oh my God. Like, why would you do that? That was a misstep for Joe. Like, that was a real, like, you know what I mean? It's like, there are songs on this album that I'm sure you could sing real good. <laughs> and this is like the one that you probably could never sing real good. And they're like, let's have you sing it on a national stage all the time. How about that? Yeah. Let's have you do it at a sporting event. Let's have you do it on television. And right. it's just like, let's not let's do it live hell yeah and when she got when she got booed do you know what i'm talking about oh my gosh it's so sad it's so sad we we didn't okay we we touched on this when we were talking about pieces of me but i think that like she didn't do anything different than so many other artists like have done in their careers and the fact that there was such a terrible response to her mm-hmm makes no sense to me i've seen um 
I was watching live performances of different, um, you know, songs to before we we met up to talk about this. And I like to read the comments um, on YouTube because people are disgusting. <laughs> and um, there was so much hate. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot believe this comment is so popular from like 12 years ago. And then it was like from 2019. And I'm like, why are you commenting how much you hate Ashley Simpson in 2019? Why are you on her YouTube? That's what right. I want. Like, what are you doing with your day, sir? Yeah. Did you need to do that? It would have been free for you to not watch this. In fact, you just made her money. You made her three cents by watching her official Vivo channel. <laughs> right. You just put, you just paid for the tax on another pair of Joe's Gator boots. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're welcome. Um, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's insane. And I think that like, I think, I just think that she's a really perfect example of us being able to look back I mean we're having this whole moment where we're like looking back on how poorly we treated young girls back in the early 2000s and it's like if I think Ashley should definitely be somebody that we're like okay sorry like there was no need for people to be like piling your CDs outside in front of malls and burning them and shit it's just like so extra like were we so bored or were we just like so traumatized from you know the Iraqi war and everything going on that we like had to to I don't I don't know I'm just like trying to think because you know like what's going on in the in the greater world always informs like how we do things with pop culture because it's so inconsequential and we feel like we can do whatever we want with it so Mm -hmm. I'm just like like you took time to go burn cds I do think that we were, I really, I think you're right. I think that we were bored. I think that like, you know, hating these girls and, and bullying them was just something for us to do because we were like politically in a time of like, we thought was panic, but like now that we know true panic, like we, you know what I mean? Like we really thought that it was like, and it was, it was a panicked time, but like we obviously had enough time to fill our brains with stuff like this obsessively and yeah. people were just fucking nuts. Like this would never, ever happen now. If Ariana Grande was performing on SNL and she had like a moment like that, she would get on Instagram live after and say sorry. And then it would be not a big deal in like two days. Like yeah, this was crazy. A total different color than when she started making music and we're fine with that. But Ashley <laughs> Simpson, it's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> like- the girl has acid reflux. How many times do I have to say it? Acid reflux, okay? Ari's <laughs> self-tanning, all right? <laughs> no, like, Ari fully looks like a Grand Theft Auto girl now. Like, she's fully transitioned to, like, <laughs> computer-generated <laughs> woman. Like, I don't even know. They're going to come for us. I know. I'm, we're canceled. Oh, gosh. <gasps> Listen, I come for Ari all the time on this podcast it's okay you're in you're in a safe space okay good 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 good. I really like her though it's just kind of like uh you you shouldn't be able to do the things that you do yeah like the the comparisons are insane um let's talk about love makes the world go round so this was my um this was a discovery moment for me okay so you know um whenever she's in the verse and she's like here I go again. That kind of sounds like Jimmy Eat World. Oh my God. You're, yeah. The, like my brain kind of works in that, those comparison songs that sound the same. You know, I've made videos like that on my TikTok. And 
I heard it and I was like, this is too niche. I can't ever post about this, but thankfully I can talk with Troy about it because I like, it just blew my mind today when I was listening again to the album. No, you're so right. It's the exact same melody. Yeah. Huh, now, now I'll never be a, uh, you ruined it. I'm just kidding. And <laughs> Camila Cabello. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, this song for me exists, and this is okay, perfectly in the middle. I don't hate it. I don't love it. This is this is a soft Avril Lavigne track. This is whenever Avril's like talking about for like being from her hometown in Canada. It's like, okay. <laughs> yes, grew up in a small town, Napa Knee or whatever. Na- yeah um yeah it's like so I've I've never ever I don't think in my whole life I've never turned on this album specifically to hear this song ever um but I've also never like ran to turn it off like I just it just is sort of there and it's you know it's, it's fun to sing um I think it's got a really fun breakdown and I like when she goes into that low like raspy baby doll voice that she's so good at. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. It's just kind of like, oh, this is on, this is cute. <laughs> and that's that. This exists or whatever. <laughs> um, now better off. Okay, but this is where I stand. Okay. Like, okay, can we talk? Can we so talk? I'm like, I'm waiting to get past Love Makes the World Go Around so we can get to better off. Oh my God. <sighs> I don't know about you guys, but my sleepless nights have become more and more frequent with everything going on in the world on a constant basis. And that is why this week's episode is sponsored by Helix. My sleep schedule, if you use the word schedule very loosely, is essentially, well, it was essentially non-existent. Of course, that all changed as soon as I slept on a Helix mattress. Helix is a sleep quiz that takes about two minutes to complete, no joke. And it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress that's made specifically for you. Helix is very aware of the fact that it makes no sense to spend money on a mattress made for somebody else. So with Helix, you're getting a mattress you can guarantee will be perfect for your body, which is obviously very important. Helix understands that every person is unique, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot like me, and they have a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. I took the Helix quiz and I got matched with the Helix Plus mattress because I wanted something that felt very firm and very sturdy. I used to call myself a side sleeper because that's what I thought I was, but now I may fully like fall into a deep rim sleep no matter how I lay down because this mattress is so comfortable. I could literally position myself into a handstand on this bed and fall into a deep, deep, comfortable sleep. I've had sleep issues for my entire life and I thought that that was just a part of who I was, but now I realize I've just always had really crappy mattresses. So if you're in the market for a mattress, go ahead and take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and it comes right to your door, shipped for free, and you'll never be forced to step foot in a mattress store ever again, because in hindsight, that seems like a nightmare. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. It was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Go to helixsleep.com slash dunzo, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to the customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, I promise. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't like it, but I can guarantee you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com dunzo. Okay, tell me everything. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, if we're talking Taylor Swift, like this is like a rock Taylor Swift song. Like it just is. Um, when oh. I'm standing in the morning rain, I don't mind. I think of you and everything's all right. Like, and then, oh, I had it good, but now I know that I misunderstood. I was like, you hit me with those lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I know. Down on her legal pad, and then she smacked me in the face with them. <laughs> yeah, that says Joe Simpson LLC. He took his little ink stamp and he was like, boom. boom. <laughs> um, yeah, the lyrics of this song are very, very pre-Taylor Swift. I actually wrote down my favorite part, my favorite part to sing. My favorite part of the song when she says, my friends keep calling, they say I'm stalling, they want to meet you now. And then she says, I tell them hell no, I say, we're trying to lay low. Oh, that is the best part of the song, hands down. You are so correct. It's so good. This song is definitely one that I've been like, I just need to hear better off. This, This shower will take 10 minutes and I'll be able to hear better off and I'll be fine. Like I've definitely turned on this album specifically to hear this song. I also wrote down, by the way, that it reminds me of, it's got CW vibes. <laughs> I mean that not as a read. Like, no, yeah, no, you're right. It's like, okay, okay, let's set the scene. Let's set the scene, right? Okay, so I'm talking like B-roll. There's a little bit of B-roll. And then like Ashley's walking and she's just like thinking about her boo. And she just gotten into a disagreement with her friends because they like think that she's making poor decisions with her dating life. And so she's reflecting on that. And this is playing in the background. And then like, like the music is about to stop and like she feels a notification in her pocket and she pulls out her phone and it's him. <laughs> yeah, it's very oh my god I couldn't have said it better myself it's true like it just has you know CW scripted drama energy behind it like it's just like or like it also could very much be that song that like she's sitting at like a CW bar you know like a completely unrealistic bar that doesn't exist in real life that's like perfectly on the beach and is full of like teenagers yeah. And somebody comes in and plays this on the jukebox and it's like quiet and you, but you still hear it. Like so it's, it's like, like the OC. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very, like, yeah. It's got OC vibes. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's good. This is a, this is a standout moment for me. Yep. Agreed. Um, now listen, this is for me where the album gets real good. Like this is where I'm, 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 I'm seeing singles happening. I'm seeing things happening. And what I'm about to say is yes. that Love Me For Me is one of the greatest songs in the history of fucking music. It is, anybody who says that this isn't a highlight from in the, on this album is psychotic. The middle of the album is the best. Like tracks six through nine are my, like, my favorite like chunk of the album. Me too. Oh my I, God. Oh, Love Me For Me. I, I just remember being like 13 and I was pissed at my like, like live-in boyfriend um and I obviously didn't have one of those but I just like felt that I did because <laughs> um, I was there you're like me and my fiance were going through it at the time <laughs> me and my internet fiance that I met on MySpace we right going... um yeah the... okay well I want to hear I want to hear your thoughts on like literally the first three notes just oh okay that first like guitar riff 
just it is it's unbelievable like it's so what and again it's very like autobiography for me where when I hear those first like that first like you said the first three notes it's over the volume's going up oh my god also features the best voice squeak of the album oh okay wait where oh i know exactly what you're talking about what am i what am i thinking i don't have to tell you (laughs) (laughs) i'm using that as the promo for the whole episode by the way (laughs) just that i can't squeak i cannot squeak like that i was trying to do it like if you could see me um uh i was like (gasps) (laughs) like your whole lungs filled up with all the air that could take and i got (laughs) (laughs) no but it's uh for anybody listening who doesn't instinctively know where the squeak is that we're talking about in the song it's um it's right after the breakdown um when she says that actually I wrote it down I've been waiting all my life to finally find you just so I can push you away and when you're crawling over broken glass to get to me that's when I'll let you stay come on come on this should have been a single so this is a this is a like sensual squeak though um and like I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because there's one other sensual squeak to 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 talk about someone else for a moment. There's another sensual squeak that is not, it's very niche, um, that is so comparable to this, um, and it's in Christina Aguilera's version of "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." <laughs> and if you you know on my Instagram, um, I have a highlight about it that I have had up for like four years, and I, <laughs> I saw it. I watched it. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking about. It is like, <laughs> it is uncomfortable. He's singing about our Lord and Savior in that way. This is, this is the comparable squeak. <laughs> no, that one is, sensual is the only word you can use to describe it. Like it literally is sensuous and it's like <laughs> the equivalent of having like your neck nibbled or something. It's just too vulnerable. <laughs> it's too, that one is too much just like christina it's a little too much cosine cosine but in the best way but in the best way yes and i wouldn't change it for the world no uh, <laughs> um so we're approaching my favorite song on the album stop this is my favorite song i'm not joking this is my favorite are you song kidding mm-hmm. no not kidding you guys any first of all i think most of the people listening to this probably have listened to this album a million times and know it in its order you know that we're about to talk about surrender track eight. Oh yeah tell me everything well okay so okay i have a lot of, a lot of thoughts first of all i think all of her like little intros all of her like beginning parts of the melody are, are like very distinct because that's what i'm always thinking of first mm-hmm. um this is like, if that's the way you want it. I love, I love it. It's kind of like a dancey, you know what I mean? And then, and then she just like rocks me out. And mm-hmm. I'm just, this is where I'm like bent over. I'm like shaking it. You know, like they say you can't twerk to like rock songs, like pop rock songs. And I'm like, have you heard Surrender by Ashley Simpson? <laughs> like, girl, let me put on the song that will change your mind. This is like, I mean, this to me is Ashley 
in her element doing the thing that I think she does the best at full throttle like the fact that this wasn't a single is criminal because this song to me is what La La wishes it could be yeah okay that is so good that is such a good train of thought um and I'm just like I keep like refreshing myself on the on the lyrics as we're talking and the the chorus has a little bit of a different vibe though it gets a little like cutesier for a moment and she's like because you know she's like rocking out and then she's like oh you drive me crazy blah blah, blah. <laughs> and like she closes us out again in the chorus where she's like all you have to do is just surrender right mm-hmm. and then she's like just surrender <laughs> like just like the last few words are just vocal fry <laughs> they are and i love the lyric i think one of the things that's always drawn me to the song is that i just love the lyric in the chorus where she says um look out your window my sun shines all around and like, that's it's just so like that's incredible like this album not only is so fucking catchy and the the songs are all like potential singles it's written really well like whenever you um I don't remember what the name of the podcast is and I'll like post a link to it or something in the on the Instagram but I was listening to this podcast like re-explore um all of Ashley's music like really really it was old it was from a few years ago and they were like real intense like music critics like kind of snob people and they were like this album is like shockingly well written like for pop music you know it is and the thing too about when you say like for pop music there's so much good pop music there 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 are so many pop songs that are just like laced with with metaphor and you know poetic just thoughts and they get overshadowed but like why why can I not have something that's like really deep to like a fun beat you know what I mean or like why like put my sadness to like like glimmery glam sheer you know sheen of 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 music to to go with those lyrics like that's what I love about pop music and that's whenever I like have a song like this where she's like rocking out for a second but she also says some things that are a little profound mm-hmm. I, that's like that is the epitome of the pop music that I love I couldn't agree with you more and I actually think I mean I've heard people say this before and I'm not like a songwriter obviously but I think that pop music is probably much harder to, to write than any other music because it has to be good but you also like where pop is different than anything else is that it has to have this sort of like, you know, take you over infectious quality about it. And that's what all of these songs have. Like they're infectious in a way that's like, I could stop this album and then restart it. Like I used to listen to this album on repeat. Yeah. And I know people say that a lot, but like, I like I, you and I both, I believe really genuinely would be like at unreachable and then be like, mm, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> starting right back over at autobiography, like with no issue. You just read me for filth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Woo! Yep, that is, that is, I am 13. I'm 13. <laughs> That's what this podcast is. This is just basically, it's everybody going back to their like 13 year old bedroom and like trying to relive the memories. Yeah, 30 going on 13. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I wrote so many notes about that song after like scroll past them. I'm like, a truly solid ballad. Or wait, no, that's the next one. Okay, unreachable. 
unreachable. Okay, tell me your thoughts. Do you hate it? No, delicious. Okay. This is my last, like, really good song um, on the album for me. Like, that six through nine chunk, like, this closes it out. Um, well, for to talk about the, the first few notes. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. Like I got my, I got my like bat wing sleeves on <laughs> my, my like, my like sheer white, um, like weird top that I'm wearing and I'm like flailing my arms around in a dark room and there's only a spotlight on me and I have a really weird haircut. Like that, <laughs> that is the vibe. Like, I just want to, Ooh, I just want to be like in my, in my husband's mansion who doesn't love me. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> just dancing around to my pain while while I the hired piano man is, is just like bling, 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 you know your, yeah. your husband's screaming obscenities at you from the other room and you're dancing <laughs> through the pain <laughs> yeah oh 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 um um so you like do you know Selena Gomez's like dance again uh video that she released yeah. just randomly like that is the vibe that I want for unreachable a little slower you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, that is the unreachable vibe there we go you're right. It's very, it's very moody. Like the piano is just so, um, it's weird because it's like a, a very different vibe than the rest of the album, but it still fits perfectly. Like it still sounds like it's a part of the same collection, if you will. Um, and her voice sounds so cool in the song. And lyrically, I think it's probably one of the best of, the whole album I just think like I, I don't know it's it's incredible again not a song I don't know if I've ever actually I guess maybe at, at some points I probably would have turned this album on to hear this song um but yeah it's just it's solid it's just a solid moody m- moody song moody <laughs> song and it just uh yeah it just sort of like takes you somewhere else yeah, this is this is a song that I would go straight to sometimes, um, for sure. And I really love the bridge where she says, sometimes love is addiction, sometimes it hurts like hell, sometimes you just can't get enough. And that sounds really like basic if, with me just like saying it the way that I did, but in, in the song itself, it works so well because like, it's doing that pop song thing where she had her like two good verses, she did the chorus and then like the bridge is gonna like, it's the valley and she's gonna like take us into the trenches with Mm -hmm. her crawling in mud and and just like being real gross. And then then, like at the very end where she says, but you can make me unreachable and she goes, launches right back into the chorus. Like we emerge from the clay. Yes. and, and, And we're like marching, I don't know. What am I saying? <laughs> You're doing a full a full music video for the song in your head, and I'm like living for the visual representation of it too. By the way, songs that don't have music videos, I I like give them that. Like for um, I don't I when, for surrender. There's like a specific like loft apartment that I imagine Ashley standing in whenever um surrender plays in my head. Don't know why. No, I get that. I kind of do that too in my head. Like I hear. I feel like I see songs in that way. Like sometimes I'll even like a song more if I feel like I've really figured out the music video in my head. It makes me like yeah. the song more. I've even though those. it's all delusion. It's literally all delusional thoughts. It's a fever for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So nothing new is outside of your favorites. You're not into this song. Oh, maybe I lied. No, I really like nothing new too. I'm so sorry. Six through 10. I retract my statement. Edit that out. I know you won't, but um, <laughs> no, nothing new is also good. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's, it's in the, it's in that, that chunk of like the most cohesive parts of the album, six through 10. I missed Okay. That. I was going to say, I thought so. Cause nothing new is very, um, it has the same sort of, it, just, it feels like there's like a separate little family in those songs and they yep. feel like their own separate little collection of songs. Um, yeah, Nothing New is an absolute highlight. Again, should have been a single. Criminal. Criminal that it wasn't a single. Did you go, did you go to this song specifically? Like whenever you just had the CD when you were younger? Did you ever just skip to this song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Times. I, I, I do. This was a real good, like, turn the music up as loud as it will. Phys- like, those, like, teenage moments where you're literally listening to music and your walls are shaking because you're a young millennial and you have a boom box, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have like the, the mega bass like turned up on your boom box, like all the way. <laughs> 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 like this was a real, I mean, the chorus of this song is so catchy that it sounds like it was written mm-hmm. by fucking Taylor and Jack Antonoff themselves. R- truly. Um, and I really like uh, the pre-chorus in this song too. And I really like, loved how she was a little more edgy and um she like says hell in her songs and stuff like that you know <laughs> um and so whenever she's like oh I can only be myself I'm sorry that's hell for you I love that little like pre-chorus two lines before she launches in I really like that yeah that's re- that's a really really good lyric and I also love this song <laughs> introduced me as a young person to the phrase what's your damage and um I will tell you that as a teenager I really loved finding ways to incorporate it into my everyday vocabulary if you will what's your damage that is so funny I've never I've heard this song a million times and I've never thought about the fact that she put that phrase in there this was not my introduction to that phrase but I never registered that it was in there that is so funny (laughs) I was like what's your damage I just like something about that rolled off the tongue in a way that I was like oh that'll be my thing for this year That'll be my thing for this upcoming school year. Oh my gosh, you! <laughs> I don't, that really. I'm taken aback by that. That is so good. Um, I also <laughs> really like how I don't know the trouble between me and you is nothing new. It's like she's clearly in this situation that she you know knows is bad for her, mm-hmm. and. She's just like, this is the norm. And, you know, it makes me wonder because we've talked about how she was writing about how like she was overlooked in her family and everything. I wonder if there's any truth to this song or if it was just like a fun song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and that was like, again, like the Taylor Swift thing of like, it wasn't so extreme that she was like doing, you know, secret hidden messages in her albums and like secret imagery and stuff but like there was an element of you know is this song about ryan is this song about wilmer is this song about whatever that guy's name was that was on that remember that first guy that she dated that was like on a cw show or something i can't remember his name but he was in the first couple episodes of the ashley simpson show he was like an actor yeah yeah okay i don't know i don't know who he is but i know who you're talking about yeah I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and i okay and i know that there's a bunch of songs about him on this album and it was really fun to try and like 
you know, sort of piece the lyrics of the song with what we had seen in the show, you know, because they, I mean, her and Ryan's entire relationship basically played out for the world. And Joe was really smart in, you know, in doing that. I mean, he really, he basically was like, okay, watch Ashley go through all these experiences, watch her write songs about the experiences that are really good. And then the album comes out during finale night. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It, it really is genius. Like, yes, it's genius, but also like kind of makes me feel gross thinking about how calculated it was. I know, for his kid. Yeah. Oh, why does he? Oh, man. Lots of more questions. We have one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I also really like, I just wanted to say this too, so I didn't forget. I really like um, the fallout that feels like such a mess. I really like that. Oh, and I love the way she sings that lyric too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. yep. 1000%. The way that she delivers these fucking lyrics, like there's so much, um, there's so much like sort of theatrics in her, her voice. Yeah. And I feel like I know that she had to like work on her voice, obviously, because she wasn't a professional singer, whatever. Mm-hmm. until she was I feel like if she would have been like coached really well in a different way, um she would have been able to do more with her voice because it's so unique and the thing about a unique voice is that it's either going to be received really well or people are going to hate it and I don't know if they did everything else right I I think except for helping her to like prepare her own voice you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and to know her voice well enough to know what music would work for it I could not agree with you more I actually I really honestly think that she would have had a journey voice-wise similar to Miley because it took Miley years first of all it took Miley years to realize that she actually has a weird voice and not you know a traditional pop girl voice which is great you know and then she had like once she embraced her voice it was like it went through this whole transition and her learning how to use it and sing really deep I think Ashley would have gone through a similar thing of like you know 10 years from the release of this album she would have been I can't even imagine the stuff that she would, because her voice, like you said, was so unique and so sort of like gravelly, but also soft in in ways. Like she had this raspy, gravelly thing to her voice, but also at the same time sounded like a baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, she sounded like one of those dolls that you like squeeze and it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, good way like like when she squeaks or whatever it's like oh I kind of like like that yeah (laughs) yes um what about giving it all away that's my skip I don't need this Mm -hmm. I don't this um throw it out I act like it doesn't exist and (laughs) it's your full skip you hate it it is such filler I hate it okay all right okay tell me your thoughts because clearly you're like "Mm." the camera just turns off and the recording (laughs) stops Um, (laughs) i'm going through a tunnel i can't i can't yeah Yeah. i'm heading into the lincoln gal sorry um okay so again i don't know if i've ever turned on the album to listen to this song and i do actually think that it is filler but what i like about it is that um i think it has some pretty good lyrics and i think it is weirdly um the you know for an album that's it's 
like this album is called autobiography it's all sort of introspective you know songs about her relationships and her life and her adolescence and stuff and then there's this random moment of like I'm just gonna read some of these lyrics hey you living for tomorrow you sold your dreams for a pocket of change hey you smoking up your sorrows just pointing fingers at someone to blame Hey, you, you turned your back on your children. It's left in, it's left in that big burning bed. <laughs> this life's like living in the gutter. All this pain just makes you feel dead. I'm like, who is she singing about? I have no idea. And I, I have more questions about who she's singing out whenever she's like in the bridge before all of the, you know, the final chorus or whatever. And she says, Hey, girl, screaming for attention. Once you get it, you throw it away. I'm broken. I'm picking up the pieces. I won't live in all of your mistakes. Like, who? What was going on that when day? Comes on, and I'm like, then who? <laughs> right. Like this was like a real, you know, this was a real. Maybe she watched like maybe she like watched a Lifetime movie or something and really got in her feelings about it. Like she watched a thriller. You know what I mean? It was like extremely in her feelings. She, she she watched like too many episodes of Lizzie McGuire. She was pissed about Aaron Carter, you know, treating treating Hill the way, you know, just she was over it. She was in her feelings on this good, good day. Um, yeah, I don't go out of my way to listen to this song. I forget that it exists until it comes up. And then every time I'm always like, God, this has adult themes. Like, God, she's singing about somebody smoking their sorrows away. And like get, turning their back on their children, and like I just yeah. I, I don't need this. I get it. I don't. I don't want it. I get it. I understand. I get it. I don't judge you for that. Thank you. If I you would, <laughs> you should feel safe here. Now listen. If you had said that about like surrender or something, I actually would have. I would have said that the audio cut out. The girls are fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I... <laughs> the girls are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I because surrender is like an objectively good song and if someone wants right. to challenge like let's fight <laughs> um i do have a controversial opinion coming up again you're gonna think it's so <laughs> undiscovered is literally like <laughs> it's like not even just of this album of her whole discography one of my favorite songs i mean like it has Someone's favorite song. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't dislike Undiscovered at all. It just, um, it's, uh, it's just not a standout for me. It's. I'm a very end of the album. I always love like the last. I'm that girl who likes the last track. You and need to do a podcast about your favorite end of the album songs if you haven't. That's a really, really good idea, actually, because I always, I love the closing track of so many, of so many albums. I can't even tell you. Um, I've definitely turned on this album to listen to Undiscovered like a billion times. It's, yeah. So since you're such an Undiscovered stan, I need to know about like the movie. Oh, God. I No, I don't, I don't, I, I have a disconnect there. I need to know your thoughts. So... The movie was a real missed opportunity because um, it was terrible. I just remember it being really bad, to be honest with you. I don't remember any of the, <laughs> I don't remember any of the concept, but I do remember, <laughs> I do remember her singing the song Undiscovered. Huh. Uh, <laughs> 
for some reason that's the only thing that stands out is like her being in a dive bar on stage i think with fingerless gloves singing <laughs> undiscovered because undiscovered was sort of like the not a girl not yet a woman of that movie okay if that makes sense um totally yeah. totally jiving with you <laughs> i just remember my memory of that is like seeing the um like trailer advertisements for it and like mm-hmm. no song and i was like what is this even even then i was like this is not this is gonna be bad mm-hmm. i i just knew yeah it was like almost it was too first of all that movie came out too soon after the release of this album it was like joe trying to capitalize as much as possible on the success of the album whereas they yeah. should have just like been done with it and moved on and I was like, no, there's more. <laughs> um, you know that song from the album? Now it's a movie. Ooh. We don't know that song from the album. We bought it for, <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's 15 songs in, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about the song. I get lost in it. I think it's beautifully written. I also, I, I messaged you this and you told me that you were going <laughs> to write it down for later because it was like the most unwell thing I've literally ever said. But I in my entire spirit and down to the marrow of my bone um believe that ashley sounds during the breakdown especially i can't even look at you when i say it during the breakdown of the song i would say ashley is giving me she sounds like a girl who grew up listening to hole and was like i can kind of make myself myself sound like courtney love if i try real hard and it's like her doing like courtney love drag almost like she's trying really hard to sound like (laughs) She's in like a 90s grunge band. You know, and it's funny because the song that she picked to do that just makes no sense. <laughs> I know. She could have done that on other songs on this album. And she chose she chose this one to like have her like screaming, like out of control moment on this like like okay. It was a it was a misstep. I don't I don't dislike it, but it was it was a little bit of a misstep for me. No, I get it. it. It really, it's one of those songs that really only, it was like put on the album for me. I'm not even convinced other people have it on their CD. I, you know what? I might not have. I'll have to revisit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's a fever dream and it's my fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you and I are going to continue doing this and we're definitely going to have to do I Am Me and Bittersweet have, World. I, oh yeah. I have so many feelings about both of those albums. So so many feelings do you have a favorite ashley album out of the three? <sighs> oh gosh it's hard because there are moments from each of them that i love like mm. the six through ten on autobiography just like uh, gets me and autobiography itself like autobiography mm-hmm. and six through ten i think i guess i would say that that's probably going to have to take my favorite album spot. I revisit I Am Me a lot though, um, because there's, I Am Me is so much more loaded. Like mm-hmm. Post Incident, New Blonde Hair, Lindsay Lohan, like mm-hmm. there's so much. And also like, I think there are some I Am Me, I think my favorite Ashley Simpson song is on I Am Me. I think I, I think we had talked about this before. Um, but Say Goodbye, it's an album closer. But I mean, that's that's one of my faves. 
it's a, it's, it's a standout Ashley track for me. Um, but now that I'm looking at the track listing, I'm like, <laughs> we don't, we don't have to get into this right now. I could, I could just keep talking about this, but there's a chunk in the middle of the album of I and me that I don't need. I need the like very beginning and then the very end. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think that we have the same chunk that we don't need. Like I've, I've had the same skips for 10 years. Um, but I agree with you. It's like autobiography was like lightning in a bottle. Like it was like, oh, who would have thought that this album would be so good and like timeless. Yeah. But then I am me is like Ashley fully realized it's like her, like really leaning into being like very successful. Like you said, she's got like this, like and at this point now, it's been established that she's very sort of trend-setting. Like, what she does with her hair and her clothes is, like, kind of a big deal for youth culture. She really is, like, setting trends. I remember her being... <laughs> we're, like, doing a part two of I Am Me right now. But, like, I remember, um, like, even just something as simple as her wearing, like, skinny jeans and heels for a little gay boy being surrounded by all my girlfriends like listening to them talk about it like she was just always right on the forefront of like making random things really fucking cool and I think I am me is her like fully realizing her power and it's yeah I mean it's that album is unreal and then Bittersweet World is just like experimental and weird and like it's like her art pop it deserved better it deserved better in my opinion I there were little um Bittersweet World came out um, in 2007, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was in high school and, you know, my tastes were changing a little bit. And this like hit exactly where I needed it to be, but it didn't do that for everybody else. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just thought it didn't get enough love. And I was really sad that Out of My Head didn't do well because... It was so weird and I loved it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely an album that I think people need to revisit because it's really weird. It's really, and it's so like, for its time, it was so, because she had worked with like Timbaland, like that was like a Timbaland album. So it was in the same, it exists in the same world as like Hard Candy by Madonna and like, you know, just that sort of like, Nelly Furtado promiscuous world like I or bittersweet world is like with those albums you know and it's yeah it's 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 her art pop it's fucking weird it's experimental it's like it hits really hard at certain points it's got some weird fucking misses but you appreciate the weirdness because it's like it's just such it's so it's such a product of its time um but yeah so we are obviously I'm obviously gonna have you back to talk about those albums Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I just now I'm looking at the track listing and I just want to keep talking about this. <laughs> I know. Like rushing back. I'm just gonna say one thing. Sure. House bunny boys when they're washing the cars. They gimme, gimme. They follow my voice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I cannot even put into words how excited I am that we just did this it was great I have been looking forward to this I'm not joking whenever you were like you need to be on my podcast I was like that's not gonna happen like he because you have such dedicated fans to your pod like 
when you ask a question on Instagram, people respond and people in the comments are like, oh my gosh, I remember on episode 63, whenever this happened and I'm just like, wow, your fans are like, they're scary, but I love it. <laughs> no, yeah, the people that listen to this podcast are iconic. They're just really like, they're very engaged and they're very um, knowledgeable, you know? Like there's yeah. a shorthand where like, I don't feel like I have to explain things really. Uh- that is so nice too whenever you don't have to be like what was on her third studio album they just know you know know. yeah yeah so I hope that I have have I'm in good graces with them I hope they don't cancel me after anything I've said (laughs) (laughs) no you'll be fine and also I love like I was actually talking to my best friend Katie about this the other day I love like a Ryan Murphy like reoccurring cast of characters on this podcast that do like a specific thing with me you know what I mean (gasps) and (laughs) <laughs> so yeah you'll definitely I mean once you're in you're in it's like please don't make, yeah please don't make me Gus Kenworthy like I I want to be someone else I just wanted to put that out there please let me be someone else I know I'm not Sarah I know I'm not but but give me someone good I'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> <laughs> no. um well tell people where they can find you on social media and tell them tell them where they can find your tickety talk tickety tic tac um okay my social media across instagram twitter and tiktok i almost said tiktok tiktok is cham breezy so it's a play off of my last name that i made whenever i was very young and it just never got rid of it um and that's z e y on breezy mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to find a 12 year old who will never would delete their username and so i never got to claim it um so yeah i uh, i don't host a podcast or anything i'd love to be a guest though so if you're listening to this and you want me to <laughs> on your pod um chambereasy dm me i'm ready thanks troy oh you're so welcome you guys thank you for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it and um yeah bye thank you for listening to dunzo this podcast is a part of the solid listen network please take a moment to rate review and subscribe if you haven't already also be sure to check out our patreon at patreon.com slash solid listen for exclusive content You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.